What a wonderful prayer to pray as we turn our attention now to God's word to us in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 is where we'll be seeing God's words of eternal life to us this morning. Well, we are continuing our study through the book of Ephesians, and for the past couple weeks, we have been in Ephesians 4, where Paul has been unpacking the beautiful gospel implications of our life together as believers in the church. And at the beginning of the chapter, we learn that we are to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And we are to do this by pursuing humility and gentleness and patience in our interactions with one another. And last week, we looked at how the risen and victorious and ascended Christ has given gifts of grace to his church for the purpose of equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ all with the goal of each and every one of us growing up into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. So this, this is God's glorious, magnificent plan for his church. Every single Christian using the gifts Christ has given to each one of us for the good and growth of the body. But what is this work of the ministry that each one of us has been called to? And what does this actually look like at New Covenant Bible Church? And even more specifically, how can each one of you be a part of this glorious and vital ministry Christ has called you to, to the building up of the body of Christ? So my goal this morning is to get really practical and specific in answering these questions from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. And we're going to do this by following a simple outline of problem, solution, application. Problem, solution, application. So first, we'll look at the problem. What is it that keeps us from building up the body in love? And second, we'll look at God's solution to that problem and lastly, we'll conclude by looking at some specific applications of this text for us today at New Covenant, and then hear a few stories of what this looks like lived out in the life of our church. So let's pray now and ask for God's help as we consider his word together. Holy Father, we ask for your spirit's power and presence to be poured out on us in greater and greater measure now. We desperately need to hear your words of life to us this morning. We ask that you would do above and beyond all that we could ask or think in us. Give us ears to hear and, and hearts to believe and respond in faith and obedience to your good word to us this morning. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, look in your Bibles at Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verses 12 and 13. And here we see Paul is laying out his goal for the church. So Christ has gifted pastors and teachers to serve the church through their teaching to equip the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. 
So the goal for each one of us is to be growing into maturity in Christ, to become more and more like Jesus in how we think and how we act and how we speak and how we live. And one of the ways we like to talk about this as a church is we like to say we want to help everyone take the next step toward Christ. This is what we want to be about as a church, helping people take the next step toward Christ. So wherever you are in your walk with Christ, we as a church want to come alongside you and help you move closer to Christ. We want to see you growing into maturity into Christ, taking steps toward Christ, growing in your relationship with Christ. And so if this is the goal of the Christian life, then failing to grow presents a serious problem. Look at what Paul says in verse 14. Then we will no longer be little children, tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning, with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. I want to be really clear on this. Being a child in the faith is not the problem we're talking about. When God saves us by his grace, he causes us to be born again. That's how amazing God's work of grace is. It actually creates new life in us. It takes us from being dead in our trespasses and sins, and it makes us alive together with Christ. And so each and every one of us, regardless of how old we are when we come to Christ, we begin the Christian life as a spiritual baby. That's not a problem. There's nothing wrong with being a spiritual baby then that's when that's what you are. The problem, the problem is remaining a spiritually immature baby for the rest of your Christian life. The problem is being content to play in the nursery and not grow into mature adulthood in Christ. And this refusal to grow, this refusal to mature makes one incredibly vulnerable to false teaching and the deceptions of the devil. Just think about the difference between little children and adults. Little children are by nature much more gullible and susceptible to danger and deception than mature adults. They are easily influenced by others and they lack the discernment needed to make wise decisions. And this is what makes little children particularly vulnerable and in need of protection and care. And the same is true for those of us who remain little children in our walk with Christ. Paul says that we are easily tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. Like a small ship caught in a great storm, the immature Christian is vulnerable to the many false teachings that assault the church from all directions. Dear Christian, there are some very strong headwinds blowing against the church today. Many of our Christian beliefs and practices are being challenged. And if we are not committed to grow up into maturity in Christ, it will be easy for us to be swept away by the currents of this world. We must not be content to remain little children in the faith. We must grow up into maturity in Christ. So this is the problem Paul is addressing. 
He does not want us to remain little children who are incredibly susceptible to being tossed around by false teaching. So what is his solution? How are we to grow up into maturity in Christ? Well, look at verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. So here it is. This is God's brilliant plan for church growth. Each and every one of us speaking the truth in love to one another. This is how the body builds itself up in love. But it's so important for us to understand what Paul is talking about when he says speaking the truth in love. He is not talking about going around and dropping truth bombs on everyone, but doing it nicely with a smile. That's not what he's talking about. No, the truth that we are to be speaking to one another in love is the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel. In Ephesians 1.13, Paul describes the word of truth as the gospel of our salvation. So what Paul is saying is that instead of being swept away and blown about by all this false teaching, we are to speak the truth of the gospel to one another in love. One commentator calls this type of speaking speech that flows from the gospel. He goes on to say, it means speaking the gospel, speaking the implications of the gospel, and speaking in a gospel-shaped way within this whole network of loving relationships characterized by God's love for us in Jesus. So what is this gospel that we are to be speaking to one another? Very simply, it is the good news of what God has done in the person and work of his son, Jesus, to reconcile sinners back to himself. So what Paul is envisioning is a church full of people who love, who delight in this good news so much that they eagerly share it with others because they love them and want to see them living in the good and joy of the gospel. And as the gospel is lovingly ministered back and forth between the members of the church, everyone is growing up into Christ. It really is a brilliant plan for church growth. As each of us ministers the gospel to one another, we are able to bring the goodness and the grace of the gospel to bear into the specifics of each other's lives in a way that no sermon can do. And this kind of, of personalized, customized gospel ministry is absolutely vital for the growth of the church. You see, at times, someone you know may need to hear the comfort of the gospel. Maybe they're struggling with a particular hardship and they need, they need to look you in the eyes and they need to hear you say, God loves you and God cares for you. At other times, there may be someone who needs to hear the loving correction of the gospel. Maybe they have fallen prey to Satan's temptations and they need to be lovingly called back to living in the good and grace of the gospel. Sometimes what is needed is to minister the encouragement of the gospel. There are times when the burdens of life can seem overwhelming. And what someone needs to hear is they need to be reminded that God is with them. And that God will never leave them or forsake them. And that God's strength is made perfect in their weakness. 
Or maybe you know someone who is weighed down by guilt and shame and needs to hear once again the good news that Christ has taken away all her sin, all her guilt, all her shame on the cross, and she has been set free. And now in Jesus Christ, she is more loved and accepted by God than she could possibly imagine. And I could go on and on, but I think the point is clear. What each of us needs, what each of us needs is the loving ministry of the gospel into the specifics of each of our lives. As Christians, we never outgrow our need for the gospel. We are always in need of growing in our love and understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this growth in the gospel can only be accomplished as we are intimately connected with one another and lovingly speaking the gospel to each other. Look at how Paul drives this point home in verse 16. From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. So let's focus in on this phrase, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament. In commenting on this, Harold Honer writes this, it is clear that the union and growth of the body can only come when there is contact with other members of the body. Fitted, knit together, right? Although the body is one, the members are distinct, each individual part. However, the interaction or contact between the members as the gifts are exercised promotes both individual and corporate growth. Every believer is necessary to this process, not just the select few. The proper working of each individual part. So what God is saying to us today is that the way in which our church will grow is by each one of us moving toward one another in love and speaking the gospel to one another. It's as we love one another enough to enter into each other's lives and truly get to know one another, to know each other's joys and sorrows, our hopes and fears, and then to be able to lovingly speak the gospel of grace into the particulars of each other's lives. And as I was studying this, I couldn't help but think, because I'm probably weird, about how being a Christian is a lot like being a water buffalo. Have you ever thought that? Well, I love watching these shows on like Planet Earth, Discovery Channel and stuff. On its own, a water buffalo is an easy target for a pride of lions. So well, that's what the lions are always trying to do. They're trying to isolate a water buffalo from his herd because if they can get the water buffalo alone, then they can surround him and take him down and enjoy a meal. But when a water buffalo is in his herd with all his other water buffalo buddies, he is protected from the lion's attack. So what the water buffaloes try to do is they all line up side by side and present this impenetrable wall of horns and hooves that no lion in his right mind would dare attack. That's how they defend themselves. 
And as I was thinking about it, I thought the same is true for us as Christians. On our own, we are left weak and vulnerable to the deceptions, lies, and false teaching of our enemy, who interestingly enough is described as a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. However, if we stay connected to the herd, loving one another and speaking the truths of the gospel to one another, we will be kept safe and be able to grow up into maturity in Christ. So the question is, what kind of water buffalo are you this morning? Does your level of church involvement reveal that you think you don't really need your herd, but you can take the lions on in your own strength? Or do you realize, by God's grace, that your chances to not only survive, but also thrive in the Christian life go way up when you invest yourself into gospel ministry in your local church? Dear Christian, there is no such thing as Lone Ranger Christianity. God is calling you to move toward your brothers and sisters in Christ and lovingly speak the gospel to them. As Brian Chapel says, we are all called to be love contributors, not just love consumers. So what's your mindset when you enter the church? Is it how can I be served? How can I be loved? Or is it how can I love others, minister the gospel to others, and contribute and do my part for building up the body love? We are all called to be love contributors, not just love consumers. But this can be really hard, can't it? It can be scary to move toward others. Relationships are messy and hard. It often feels so much easier and safer just to kind of pull back and keep things superficial. So where do we get the strength? Where do we get the power and the courage to do this type of ministry? Well, look back at the first two words of verse 16. From him. From Jesus. From Jesus. Ultimately, it is Jesus who produces the growth in his body. You see, Christ is the one who has gifted each and every one of us. And he is also the one who has brought us together, knitted us together as one body so that we can use the gifts he's given us to build one another up in love. So this is ultimately Jesus's work. And we just have the privilege and joy of being a part of it as we use the gifts he's given to us to speak his gospel to one another in love. It's beautiful. So the problem Paul is addressing is that we remain immature little children and do not grow up into maturity in Christ. And his solution to that problem is for each member to use the gifts they've been given by Christ to minister the gospel to one another in love for the mutual building up of the body. So what does this look like practically at New Covenant Bible Church? Well, in addition to our Sunday morning service, we have created a variety of ministries that you can be a part of that will give you opportunities to be taught the Word of God and be able to minister it to others as well. And we hope that carries over into other aspects of your life, but we think these are great environments where this can be cultivated and practiced. And we call these our grow ministries 
because we believe that these ministries create opportunities for Ephesians 4 type ministry to happen. And so this Sunday and the next two Sundays after this, we want to promote four of our grow ministries that are open to all adults, married or single, old or young, that we really hope you'll be a part of. And these four ministries are our women's Bible study, our men's Spurs Bible study, our gospel communities, and our discipleship training, which is a ministry we are starting this fall with the purpose of providing a variety of opportunities for Christian training and education. So we want to be about two main things as a church, learning, Christian learning, and Christian community. So discipleship training is on this learning side, where we will be providing classes and conferences and studies where you can be uh, learn more about your, your faith and your walk with God. That's the, the stated purpose of discipleship training. We hope community happens there too, like you can be friendly with one another. But the goal is learning. On the other end of the spectrum is our gospel communities. And the primary focus there is community, loving one another, walking with one another through life. We hope learning happens here as well, but the, the stated goal is community, caring for one another, doing this type of ministry with one another. And then in the middle, we have this beautiful mix where our men's Bible study spur and our women's Bible study come together where we have um, some strategic learning opportunities as we study God's word. And this, this year, both men and women are gonna be going through the book of Hebrews. It's gonna be great. And it's an opportunity for men and women to connect together around God's word. So these are four of the grow ministries that, that we're wanting to highlight right now. And there are tables set up in the lobby that I would encourage you to go. You can get a lot more information at those tables and on our website as well. All these ministries are listed under the Grow tab. So you can look there, sign up, register, and, and get involved. But what I want to do now, what I want to do now is I want, I want to invite some people from these ministries to come up and share with us a little bit more about the ministry and how God has used it to help them grow in their relationship with Christ. So if I've asked you, do you mind just coming forward and sharing with us how Ephesians 4 ministry has been played out in your life here at New Covenant? Thank you, Brandon. Uh, and I get to go first. Uh, and this is a message for the men. Right, we're going to talk about uh, Spur, which is our men's ministry here at, at New Covenant. So men, I hope uh, your antennas are up and the ears are open. Uh, but first question for you, why men's ministry? You know, what's the purpose, what's the focus of men's ministry? Why do we engage together as brothers in Christ? And I, and I think it's well summarized in Proverbs 27, 17. It reads, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I've had the opportunity to engage in men's ministries with brothers in Christ all over the world. Uh, during our time living in China, living in Singapore, uh, in the United States, and of course here at New Covenant. And the focus is always the same. We are sharpening each other in our walks. Uh, we come together as imperfect men with a goal to help each other grow in our walk with Christ. Uh, it's a safe environment, brother on brother. I think you talked about buffaloes lining up, right? We're men coming together lining up to help each other grow. But there's areas we also get into, and some that have really benefited me in my walk. Uh, those would include uh, being a husband. I've been married 18 years to my wonderful wife, Heidi, and no doubt the men's ministry has helped me improve my walk as a husband. Also as a father. I have two, two children, 14 and 11. 
but also as a brother, right, to other men in the church. In addition, just being a member of our church and how to serve. And then lastly, a member in the workforce, right? How do I be a more godly man as I go day by day in what I do out earning a living? If you are a man sitting here today or connecting online, perhaps, I encourage you to connect with us. You can reach out to me after service, connect with Pastor Patrick. I know he's sitting out there in the lobby. I can see him. Or even David Wollen is another man, or other men here that, that are connected with our men's ministry. And lastly, we are having a men's breakfast, August 28th, right? What man doesn't like good food, coffee, right? And the accompaniment of other men that are there for a common purpose. Uh, but you can register online, or you can sign up uh, just after service. We have some registration forms in the lobby. I hope to see you there. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. I would love to share with you some blessings I've received from being a part of the Women's Bible Study because it has truly been impactful on my life. So there's something very strengthening and encouraging in joining together with other women, kind of linking arm in arm in this journey of life and looking to the Word of God to guide us and to grow our faith. And I would not have drilled as deeply or consistently into a book of the Bible without the accountability of that weekly appointment. Um, it's also been a means of really sweet fellowship. Um, my faith has been strengthened by praying together with other women and going through a whole year of entrusting deep needs to the Lord and asking him to apply what we're learning into our lives. And, We've seen some really wonderful answers to prayer. As a table leader, it's been a really absolute joy of mine to hear women grow in their confidence in understanding the Bible. I can think of one woman who every answer she gave started with, well, I don't know if this is right, but, and by the end of the year, she would smile and share something she had discovered with confidence. And it was just so special to see how she felt, I can learn something from the Word of God, and I do have things to share with my table group. So um, it's made me more confident, too, that the, that the Bible does build my life up. So that's the body of Christ at work. It's a picture uh, that Brandon talked about, he preached about today, with the body joined together by supporting ligaments. So let's do a cost-benefit benefit analysis. It's going to cost some time, probably about two hours of homework uh, each week, and it's going to cost the meetings on Tuesdays, right? But the benefits are deeper understanding of God's word, a greater joy and depth of relationships with sisters in Christ, strengthened faith and partnering with others in prayer, and growth in taking steps toward Christ through intentional accountability. And one more benefit is that the spur groups are also going to be studying Hebrews. So I think there's going to be fruitful conversations at home while husbands and wives share what they're learning in their groups together. So uh, we can be changed and equipped to run the race that is set before us as we behold the resurrected Christ who has established a better covenant with us. It certainly sounds to me like the benefits outweigh the cost. And as I thought about it, 
can we even really say two hours of digging into the Word of God at home each week is a cost? Because in God's economy, even the costly things end up giving deep benefits. I love that. So, all women, whether you're young or more mature, single or married, varied, uh, uh, very little experience in studying the Word of God or feeling like a seasoned uh, studier, we invite you to join us on Tuesday mornings or evenings. We're using Jen Wilkins' study guide called Better, and we'll be diving into the book of Hebrews. We'd love to talk to you out at the back table and give you information on how to register. Um, and I want to mention one more thing. We're not able to offer child care this year um, during the mornings. So I know that child care piece is going to feel like a little bit of a challenge for mothers. Um, but I want to encourage the husbands. It really means so much, you as your wife's brother in Christ, if you're willing to step in on Tuesday evenings and offer to take the kids to free moms up to come and participate. Your willingness to love and serve will bear fruit. She might need your encouragement to take this step and commit. So uh, we plan to offer a time of soup and fellowship on Tuesday evenings, half an hour before it starts, just to kind of help people who are coming from a busy day or struggle to get the kids ready and need something to eat. Um, so. All of that will be on the website, and we'd love to talk to you about it in the back. Good morning. And uh, my wife, Rachel, and I have had the privilege of leading our gospel community, which is a group of a community of believers helping each other take one step closer toward Christ. So we've been leading our group for about four years now. And we've experienced God's presence and work in two particular ways over the last uh, few years. First, in supporting and being supported in the midst of trial and pain. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, 26, the Holy Spirit says through the Apostle Paul that because we're the body of Christ, if one member suffers, all suffer together. It's like if you hit your thumb with a hammer, your entire body comes around that one part of the body because it's in pain. And as we've learned to share the pain of our lives with one another in our gospel community, we've been able to help bear the load, to bear one another's burdens so that no one in our group is enduring the pain alone or in isolation. Jesus himself said that trials are one reason that people walk away from the faith. And the Lord has been gracious to, to help us to continue to walk with him through the sympathy and care of our gospel community as we share our pain and suffering and trials and burdens with one another. So that's one way that God has worked over the years in our gospel community. The other area where we've experienced God's presence in work is in sharing our sin struggles and temptations 
with one another. I can remember times when, and you know how it is in a group like this, when you kind of get up the courage to share something, some sin struggle, some temptation that you're facing. And I remember that times when we've opened up about a sin struggle and what we've received from our group is not condemnation, but words of gospel hope and help as we speak the truth to one another in love. And then this beautiful thing happens where we pause and we pray for one another. And in the midst of that meeting, God is there listening, answering these prayers, and working in our group to make us more like Christ as we as a community seek to take steps toward Christ. So my wife and I have been personally, richly blessed by this vital ministry of the church, Gospel Communities, and I trust you would be as well if the Lord is calling you to be part of a Gospel Community. So I'll be in the back um, after the service here. Feel free to talk to me. I can give you more information. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm going to be sharing with you a little bit today about uh, the discipleship training. And uh, when I was in college, I, uh, well, discipleship is near and dear to my heart because when I was in college, I came to know the Lord through a campus ministry at NIU. And, uh, and they really hit discipleship hard through uh, training in the Word of God, through teaching uh, in how to pray and seek the Lord in prayer and how to walk in obedience to him. So I was really fortunate, and that's kind of really ingrained in my uh, spiritual DNA. Because I think God's heart is that we would not just be church attendees, but we would be active and fruitful and mature uh, in our relationship with him. And as the outcome of that relationship, we'll have the privilege to have a deeper uh, fellowship with our Father, and we'll be able to bear fruit and feed others as well. Because this ultimately is, is really about maturity, as, as Brandon talked about, and fruitfulness. And as Brandon was talking about, you know, always remaining as children, you know, I, I think that that's where the deception really comes in. So, you know, when my son Noah was a kid, I'd always do that old thumb and finger trick where I'd grab his nose and, and eat it, and he fell for it every time. And, uh, and, and as he got older, it, you know, it, he'd, he'd not fall for it so much, but without fail, I saw that hand go up and he'd check his nose and make sure it was still there. And so now he's 22, it doesn't work so well. And, uh, but, uh, and if it did, you obviously understand there's a problem. So as, as uh, adults and believers in, in Jesus, uh, we need to mature as well. And uh, you know, sometimes the devil's deceptions are that simple and that uh, immature, and we fall for them every time. So this is an opportunity for us to grow. And I find that uh, as I pursue discipleship in my life, uh, it really feeds a hunger to know and to serve God, and, uh, and, but also there's a warning is that, you know, as, as you feel satisfied, it also creates a growing hunger in your life as well. So um, if you're hungry, that's a great thing because God's gonna fill it and he's gonna make you more hungry than that. And I can tell you that I personally struggle with uh, settling in my life and coasting in the things of God. And so I, I personally need radical lovers of Jesus around me to help me, to challenge me, to uh, encourage me and strengthen me in my faith. And I think we all do as well. 
So if you're like me, you know that there's more to be had in the Christian life. And, um, and the truth is, we need to, to be challenged and to break out of our templates. And so my question for you is, are you hungry for the things of God? And uh, have you been desiring to grow deeper in him? And I think the answer to that was probably yes. Then this discipleship is, is for you, whether you're young or whether you're 86 years old. Uh, it's, it's designed for you because it's an opportunity to be transformed in our, our walk with the Lord. And better yet, it's an opportunity to glorify God. Um, you know, we had the privilege of being with the Shambachs last night. And Mr. Shambach uh, said it rightly when he quoted the Shema. He said, uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And I think that really sums it up, isn't it? That's where it all begins. And uh, so we need to grow in our love for the Father. So some of the materials that we're going to go through, this is, we have a, um, a class that's going to be on systematic theology. One, we're going to go over God, the Bible, creation, and fall. And we're going to be going from Michael Horton's book, uh, Pilgrim Theology. This is a great book, and uh, it's going to enrich your spiritual life. We also have a marriage study. This is for newlyweds within the first five years. So um, it's called The First Five, and it's our marriage study at the Stearns House. We're going to have a marriage conference coming up that's going to be phenomenal. And that's for everybody, obviously, who's married. Uh, we'll have a membership class for those uh, interested in becoming a member of the church. And then we're also going to be starting a series of um, What Do You Believe About? And this time it's going to be on the ministry of deacons. So again, we'll be back at the table back there. We'll have the sheet with everything spelled out for you. And uh, look forward to speaking with each one of you and seeing everybody grow. Thanks. Thank you all so much for your example of Ephesians 4 type ministry and how you guys have leaned into the church in Christ's calling on you to be speakers of truth to one another and just how that's helped you and those around you grow. Well, as a church, as New Covenant Bible Church, we are fiercely committed to helping everyone take the next step toward Christ. That's our passion. That's why we exist. And we believe that these ministries that you've just heard about and many others that we have as well provide a great way to do that. So I would encourage you, I would challenge you over the next few weeks to consider what your next step toward Christ may be. Where is Christ calling you to take a step closer to him? What are some ways that the Lord is calling you to use the gifts that he's given you for the building up of this particular body in love?